And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. And I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. And it's Super Bowl week, Stevie D, and we are live in Florida. The time has come. It is, man. The a full se- I can't believe how quick this season ha- has just come and gone. And now we're at the last game of the year. You know, Vince, as, as we get older every year, everything just goes that much faster. It's actually... Time is speeding up. I believe that. Because I believe you're, it. I mean, it is incredible that we're at this this point of the year already. It's Super Bowl week. Um, it feels like just yesterday that the the Jets were uh, uh, zero one. Zero one. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to put it. <laughs> but uh, no, I I think it's uh, it's great. So it's going to be a great matchup, right? Chiefs 49ers. Both teams are red. They got a lot of similarities. Both teams are red. They both got a little uh, orange and gold in there with their colors. So, uh, or I should say yellow and gold. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. It'll be an interesting matchup. But, you know, Stevie D, I I had to do this show. I'm coming in like Bernard King. I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling because of the news that we had on Sunday. Walton can tip it. Bryant with the save. Oh, you got to get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang! Kobe Bryant has hit a shot at the buzzer! Kobe! 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 The Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania. If anyone has a good chance, this young man is blessed with outstanding offensive skills. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm twice as old as a kid, you know. But this kid right here, mark my words, is going to be unbelievable. Please put your hands together for Kobe Bryant. Thank you, Kobe. Timeouts left. The Lakers have two. Bryant. Shot. I know where you're going. You gotta get up quick. If you knew where I was going, why you go for the fake? Mike, after you fake the ball, where else you going? You left your feet. Yeah, but where else you gonna go? In the game, I go for you. I spun all the way around. I go for these ribs right here. He fakes the ball. I mean, you're not gonna get into the head of Kobe Bryant. No chance of winning when he's on the floor. You talk about a guy with an absolute killer instinct, the Mamba. <laughs> Strike him again. Elgin Baylor's Laker record. For three again. Yes! Bryant <laughs> again going to work. Falls down. So Kobe Bryant cannot continue. A 60-point game for Kobe Bryant. Lastly, our daughters, Natalia, Gianna, and Bianca. You know, you, you guys know that you know, if you do the work, you work hard enough, dreams come true. You know that, we all know that. But hopefully what you get from tonight is the understanding that um, those times when you get up early and you work hard, those times when you stay up late and you work hard, those times when you don't feel like working, you're too tired, you don't want to push yourself, but you do it anyway. 
Um, that is actually the dream. That's the dream. It's not the destination. It's the journey. And if you guys, if you guys can understand that, then what you'll see happen is that you won't accomplish your dreams. Your dreams won't come true. Um, something greater will. And uh, if you guys can understand that, then I'm doing my job as a father. Thank you guys so much. I love you. Mamba out. Oh, man. Just I'm re I'm really struggling, Stevie D. I I I I know we were texting. You you alerted me early, and I didn't believe it. I How still, could you? Right? I'm still How in denial. You? I'll be honest with you. Well, I I think everybody in the world is in denial of it. Right? I mean, Kobe Bryant, 41 years old, out of the league three years. You're not thinking that he's going to die, right? I it, it that 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 just does not go together, right? Um, it just doesn't. It, it it does not go together. And yeah, I've I've been a huge Kobe Bryant fan since day one, since he was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets and traded for Vladi Divac. Been a huge Kobe Bryant fan. Think about that trade just for a second. I mean, Jerry West, I mean, I mean, you want to talk about trade of trades. It's an incredible trade orchestrated by Jerry West. It, it, it has to go down there. I mean, can you say the trade again? It was Vlad and who? Vladdy? Vladdy Divac for Kobe Bryant. Straight up? Straight up. The 13th, the 13th pick. Now, first of all, how did Kobe slip to 13th? Right, but think about it. It was an era when they did not really like the kids coming out of high school and come jumping into the NBA. Uh, you had Kevin Garnett and then Kobe, and you know they they just did not like it. I saw a clip because I've been you know I, I, I'm trying to make sense of this, so I've just been watching all Kobe twenty four seven. And there's a clip of Phil Jackson back during that draft, the 96 draft, I believe it was, where Phil Jackson says, um, you know, we're not here to babysit these kids. <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> Phil, what did you say to Kobe when he won you three more titles? So, you, you know, it's not a matter of babysitting the kids. You know, it was the new era of basketball. But it's just it's just unreal. I, I Stevie D when when you texted me and you even sent a screenshot, I was like, no, 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 this isn't real. It's just not real. I mean, think about it. The night before LeBron just passed him uh you know to on the scoring list. And it's like, no. No, the, 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 this didn't happen. And then you kept sending more texts. I'm just like, no, I don't care what you send me. It it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And all of a sudden, you know, of course, what what do I do? I, I start going to what should be our news outlets for sports. 
and nobody had it there. And then I started going to some of the other sites and everybody started to report it. And I just can't believe it. I, I, I still, you know, as we talk right now, I can't believe it. Right? That That's, you, I guess in everyone's lifetime, they have a player that they identify with in, in a certain sport, right? And for those from that are older than us, right? It may be, uh, you know, a Jordan or a Magic or a Kareem or a Bird, um, you know, uh, maybe a Koozie, Havlicek, right? Somebody that they followed like that. Baseball, you talked about, you know, you hear people talk about Clemente or Aaron Schmidt, Ryan, you know, guys like that. And, and, I mean, you think about plane crashes for Yankee fans. You, you immediately think of Thurman Munson, right? That's right. That's right. The, the impact of what happened to me, Roberto Clemente um, was a huge impact because it, it happened. I mean, I think Roberto did it right after he got his 3000 hit. Right. Thurman goes home to see his family in, in between, you know, days off. And it's just like, wow. Right. Um I'm trying to think of because you, you, you know, you think of something like a. You can't help getting cancer, you know. Right. 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 You know those weird things like, uh, but when you when you think of a plane crash, and I think that's how Roberto Clemente died. It is right. I mean, we just talked about just three names right there that are iconic names in sports, with probably Kobe, then Roberto. Probably one, two, real close. You can say one A, one B, and then there's Thurman Munson, right? Thurman wasn't in that class of uh, as a global name, right? Probably Kobe won just because of the generation with social media. He really got out there, but Clemente um, had a huge global impact as well. Probably not as much as Kobe, right? And I don't, I'm trying not to cheat Roberto Clemente. But Kobe, Kobe wasn't Kobe wasn't a social media guy he he came no, in but he, the but he traveled right i mean he was in two olympics he won two olympic golds he traveled to a lot of different countries oh and no doubt kids in so many countries want to be kobe bryant right i'm not yeah. saying i'm not taking anything away from roberto Kelly, but in this day and age kobe is everywhere because it's very easy for kobe to be on everybody's tv screen where back then Roberto played for the Pirates, sure, sure. And, and and the media outlets weren't as large, so that's why Kobe sure. won, Roberto two, and then you know Thurman Munson being three, because Thurman Munson was a giant in the New York, you know, fan base. Um, although he was known in baseball, he just you know obviously didn't have that that uh, star power, if you will. And it's just you think of a plane crash taking down, you know, our our heroes. It, it's it's just tough to it's tough to comprehend, tough to take. I mean, I feel bad for everybody that was on that chopper, right? I think a baseball coach, a college coach, I think it was Aaron Judge's baseball coach. Oh, college. was it really? Yeah. Yeah, he, he uh, the, the baseball coach won four or five national championships as a coach. And um, he and the more recent fame player was Aaron Judge um, that, that uh, coached him in college. So, and then all, I mean, the, the young girls, that obviously Gigi and I don't know the other two young girls that were all on the same basketball team. I mean, look, tragedies happen every day, right? Every day there's tragedies. And 
you can't always put a name and a face to every tragedy. And, and this one obviously hits the spotlight because Kobe Bryant being the headliner. Um, but when you think of the loss of life of, of three young girls, uh, it's just, it's just awful all the way around. Um, you know, I'll tell you, this this one, and I haven't been able to put my finger on it. This one hit me so hard. I I don't know Kobe personally, right? As I said, I followed him, you know, um, since a rookie in the league, since Del Harris screwed him, right? Del Harris trying to prove a point. But, you know, I followed him and just watched those accolades and just the way he played above the rim and just he brought flair. The best part of Kobe was the fact that he had a goal, and his goal was to be better than Michael, right? Uh, <clears throat> when you when you look at Jordan, Jordan didn't really have that person to best except for to beat himself, right, to be as good as he could be. Kobe, you know, put a dagger right at Michael and said, you know, I'm going to be better than Michael. And he mimicked Michael. I remember, I remember early on that and the haters were out early, Stevie D. They were out early because Kobe would dunk and he would dunk with his tongue sticking out. Right? They're like, oh look, you just try to be like Michael. You know what? Let it be. Because he was doing windmills. He was doing, you know, 180s and 360s and tomahawks, and he was doing all that. He would sit there and stand, you know. While, there, while there's a break in play and grab the bottom of his shorts like Michael, right? He did everything like Michael because he that that was who he was gunning for. And, you know, just to watch him mature um, and become just such a, a dominant basketball player. People want to talk about Kobe being a selfish player. Well, to an extent, when you are that good, you have to be selfish. You name me one truly magical superstar in any sport and tell me that they're not selfish in some way. Absolutely. I don't I refuse to believe it. How do you think they got that great? You you have to be. But here here's the thing. What people fail to even talk about when they want to talk about him being selfish, he was a nine-time defensive player of the year. Which means that I'm shooting at one end but I'm defending and helping us as a team on the other end. That's not being selfish. That's a team player. Defense is all about playing as a team. And, you know, but, you know, you, you, you watch him mature. You, you know, he had the riff with Shaq. And I'm glad that they were able to bury, bury that, you know, and they were able to kind of resume that, that brotherly love that they had. Uh, and then you, you you saw him go into the later years, <clears throat> and it, in the in the later years, you know once he retired, you know, and you always say, well, what are you going to do once the game is over, right? Well, he was on his way, you know. He he was an Oscar award winner, but really he was dedicating himself to his family. And you mentioned Giada um, on the plane. And, and I, I mentioned all of that because I was able to enjoy what he did on the court. And then it was time for him to do his family, his family life. And, you know, to lose a child 
is devastating. But to be there, I, I just can't even imagine what those last minutes were. And I found myself, Stevie D, just at a loss. And, and so much at a loss for hearing about Kobe and Gianna. Um, it hurt. It really did hurt. It still hurts. Um, there's times where, you know, there's people that have been, you know, close to me or that I've known that have passed where, didn't, you know, it didn't really hurt. I felt bad, but it didn't hurt. This one's DVD. This, this hurt inside. Yeah, um, I, I echo your sentiments there. And as I'm, I watched the coverage all day, all day I flipped from uh, um, uh, the the uh, NBA Network, NBA TV channel. I flipped to CNN. I flipped to Fox Sports. I flipped to ESPN two because it was on ESPN two. Um, and as I'm as I'm watching, and I'm looking at the wreckage, and I'm and I'm waiting in my. It, it's amazing what you think of. I'm waiting for Kobe Bryant to come out of the brush and say, "I'm all right, guys. I just I was dazed. I'm good." Right, and I'm waiting for that moment that never happened because you don't want to believe what you what you've seen. Like the best way to put it for me personally, when my best man at my wedding passed away at 28 years old, I'm in Florida, and I get a phone call from my buddy back in New York, and he just says. You got, you know, he's like, he's sitting down. I said, what's up? And he said, Randy's gone. I said, what do you mean Randy's gone? He's gone. He, he, he died. And it, the whole time after it, as I'm processing, I all, all the way to the plane, because on the next morning, you know, Dina booked a flight that night. And I was on a plane in the morning. I, I was saying to myself, I'm getting punked. I'm getting punked. Like, this is a joke. I'm going to be on TV when I get back there because I, I didn't want to believe it, right? And when I'm watching the coverage about Kobe Bryant, I'm, for some reason in my head, I, I think of, not that it's a joke, like, he's going to be fine. He's all right. He survived, and he's just he's just unconscious somewhere, and, and he's he's going to wake up, and, every, every, and he's going to be there. It, it, I mean, those are kind of the weird things that were popping through my head. As I'm watching this, because it's Kobe Bryant, right? This doesn't well, happen, Superman. right? Yes, yes, yes. And it, it's funny you were. I'm so glad you said that because when I was watching on Sunday, that's what I was going to say. How, how how can this happen to Superman, right? How, how is that? How is that possible? And uh, and now it's you know the flight details coming out, and, and you wonder was the problem pilot error. With the fog, right? That caused this. I don't know. It just was a celebrity error. Think about it. You you know, you're the pilot, and you know you're you're flying Kobe Bryant, right? And Kobe says, "Hey, we got to get to this game, right?" Because they were headed to Gianna's game. We got to get to this game, and the pilot's like, "Well, I don't know, and I don't know, so." But I'm just saying, you know, maybe he felt pressure that, well, I got, I got to do this. Where in another circumstance, if it was just a regular guy, right, he would have said, nope, we're not going in this. 
I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, they're they're they said that a special exception was made for that for that helicopter to go. You know, that that they weren't letting people fly because of the fog. And I think it's because of the chopper brand that they were flying. Okay. So there's uh and you know, I'm not an expert to speak on it, but from the article that I was reading on Sunday, <clears throat> there's there's two modes on that chopper. And uh and it's a twin engine, by the way. It's got two engines on that helicopter. The helicopter is twenty it's twenty-nine years old. It's got two engines, so even if it had one engine failure, it could still operate. And because of the fog, there is two conditions that that chopper um, uh, pilot was licensed for. And so I like to say one was VLR, a, v, a VRL or something, and then this SVLR, something along those lines. And that's why he was allowed to take off um, and, and do what he needed to do. Um, but with the fog, I think he got disoriented in the, 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 through the, the audio tapes, they were saying he needed to get up to 2,500 feet and he got up to 2000 feet was the highest he got to. Um, but they needed him at 2,500 feet so they can see him on the radar. Right. Um, right. so they kept telling him, bring, bring the chopper up, bring the chopper up, which he can, couldn't do. And then the, the, um, you know the data that's so hard to take is that they were falling at a rate of 4,000 feet per minute. I think it was per minute. Um, and you were only 2,000 feet off the ground. And I think the airspeed into the, into the mountain or the hill, however you want to call it was 185 miles an hour nose first. And the, I don't know if you saw oh. this today, but the eyewitness oh. that saw it, oh. he was stating that, he didn't necessarily see it because of the fog, but he could hear it. And he said he he thought it was kind of odd that that the chopper was flying so low. He felt like it was like 200 feet over his head um, because it was below the fog. Um, he felt like it was it was that low, I should say. And he said when it hit, it went quiet right away. It was like it hit, and then there was no noise after after the fact. Uh, he said that's how hard it hit. It just split the chopper, unfortunately, into the debris field that we saw. Because that was a wide debris field for a helicopter, I thought, anyway. But, uh, anyway, that's all sad news. And um, I, um, you know, I, I have, I have memories that, you know, and you kind of get selfish at, at a point, right? Um, obviously that I'll always have, you know, where were you, right? Where were you for, and it's always for something tragic, right? Where were you for nine 11, right? Where were you for, you know, uh, Reagan's assassination attempt? Where were you for Kobe? Right. Um, but there's also some of the good things too, right? Where were you for Kobe's 60 point finale? Right? Where were you when he dropped the 81 on Toronto? Um but I think the the lasting memory that 
we're going to have and that Kobe will leave to everyone, you know, if, if they're willing to accept it. You know, our his words and um, his ideology of success. You know, Kobe was who he was because of just his tenacious, just never say die type attitude, right? You hear about guys that are constantly in the gym, you know, the gym rats and in before anybody else and out after everybody else leaves, right? And, you know, Kobe has has talked about, you know, what it takes to be a winner, what it takes to be a champion. He, he's talked about, you know, how he puts in that effort and what it takes as a leader. And I think that in our own worlds, you know, whether it be in business or uh, whether it be in technology or whatever it is, you know, your field of choice, you can still live and learn and kind of use those as guiding principles, right? Um, you know, especially when it comes to leadership, when it comes to to trying to be the best of who you are. Uh, you know, so often people are, are quick to make an excuse and they're not willing to commit, right? Well, if you really are a Kobe fan, you know, he, he left you the guide. He, he left you the manual, right, in some of his words. Um, and then the last thing that I want to say is that, you know, everybody always says it. And, you know, I, I, I'm even getting choked up doing, doing this podcast, man. Um, but the last thing that I want to say is, um, you know, my heart goes out to Vanessa. And I, I use it on a first name basis like, like I know her and and to her kids, right? Um, Her daughter and her husband are gone, right? Just like that. Um, And it's so sad. And and I know, you know, take the money out of it. People always want to talk about, well, you know, you know, they have so much money. That has nothing to do with it. You know, she lost her daughter. She lost her husband. You know, her kids lost. Their sister lost their their father. That's that's tough, man. That's really tough. And um, I know they have a huge, huge support system, right? That NBA support system is massive <laughs> because they all love Kobe, and you know they, you know they they're right in there. So I, I know that she'll have people that that she can lean on, not only her own family, but, you know, Uncle Shaq, <laughs> he, right. he's going to be around, and, you know, Uncle Magic, <laughs> all those guys, they're going to be there. But I still, my heart goes out to them because that's it's a pain nobody wants to experience, and, you know, I, I, I just feel for them. Um, and I'm going to miss Kobe. I am. You know, uh, it, it's too bad that uh, already he's a he's a 
no doubt, first ballot. He was going in the Hall of Fame this year. We already know this. But it's too bad that he wasn't able to give a speech, right? Because that's, that's the final chapter of his career. And I thought it was funny where they said that they were going to fast track. <laughs> what, what, what are you fast tracking? I mean, I don't get it, Stevie D. What, what, what are we fast tracking? I, what, what was the debate even if there wasn't a chopper crash? I don't get this. Everybody's got to wait their turn. Um, and I, I don't know if you were, but there's no turn to wait. He, he was up right. this year. Oh, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. It, it was, they don't, it was they don't do Garnett. a five year. They do a three year wait. They, they do three years, him, Garnett and Pierce. And so they're all three are going in, but they're like, oh, but we're going to fast track this one to do what? I don't understand what we're what you have to look at his credentials. We we have to revalidate how great he was. I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny just to hear that. What I what I I, I liked what the teams did. You you told me about what the Knicks did, and then I saw that. I you know, that was that was pretty pretty cool. Um and then the, the you know, I'm not into numerology or anything like that, but one one of the just you know, it just it, you have to sit back and think for a minute, right? So you had Trey Young, who is a mentor or a mentee, and you had Devin Booker, who was a mentee, uh, you know, by Kobe. And so Sunday night, uh, they combined for 81 points. You say, well, what's 81? Well, 81 is Kobe's points, right, against Toronto. They're like, oh, okay. And then you say, well, what else goes into that? Well, each of them had eight rebounds. Well, what's eight? Well, that's the jersey number. They're like, oh, okay. And then they each took 24 shots. (laughs) You're like, well, what's 20? That's the jersey number, right? So you see all of these uh, pieces that kind of – tie back into Kobe. I, you know, kind of nice, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not big into numerology or anything like that, but you know, you just look at the, you're just like, wow. Right. But yeah, I, I think I almost have to stop. I, you know, Dwayne Wade did one and, you know, just broke down in his and, you know, I'm sure not, I'm sure I know they had a much stronger bond than you and I, but you know, I just I appreciated him as as, as the basketball player. I appreciated him uh, as the role model that he was doing uh, after basketball, and definitely was my was my favorite. This was the only one, Stevie D, that I will tell you that I I actually go against the rules of being a fan because I'm a Knicks fan. Nobody's a Knicks fan. Come on. <laughs> I'm a Knicks fan. But I'm also a Lakers oh, fan. Laugh. Oh, I needed that laugh. So I, I had my East Coast, West Coast for basketball. I don't know if anybody would admit they're a Knicks fan. Well, yeah. Me and Michael Rappaport and uh, my cousin. Yeah, I think we're the only three. Um. Uh, but yeah, so that this is the only time that I go against where you can only have one team. So you know, I had my East Coast and my West Coast, and you know, I was I was a Lakers fan 
because of Worthy, right? I was a big James Worthy fan when he was at Carolina. I wasn't even a Jordan fan at Carolina. I was a Worthy fan. And Worthy goes to the Lakers. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm down with that. And so, yeah, oh, yeah, that's a, that's how I locked into the Lakers. And so, you know, back in the day, and then, you know, you keep following it all the way through, and then all of a sudden, here comes this young 18-year-old. And so, you know, he locked in, and he, he was my guy there. So, all right, Stevie D. I, I'm getting close to that point. I don't want to get to that point. So, all right. So, time to move on. All right. Let's do it. We're going to the Super Bowl week, baby. It is time. So, we have this matchup, which I think everybody kind of predicted. Not in week one, they didn't. <laughs> well, this is true. This is true. We didn't predict it. That's for sure. Um, but I think, you know, once you started getting through the playoffs, and you looked at it. I didn't think that Baltimore was a complete team to be able to take it. Never thought that Tennessee was going to be even close enough to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, the Texans shouldn't have been into the divisional round if Sean McDermott would have done what he was supposed to do. So from an AFC side, you know, Kansas City definitely uh, was the chalk pick. And the 49ers, to be honest with you, a little bit of an enigma. Because Did anybody think they were going to go eight and eight? I like to know what everybody had their record. All the experts out there, what they predicted their record to be this year? Probably, probably eight and eight. Uh, not not winning the the NFC, not getting home field advantage. That, that's not starting the sure. year ten and zero. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I don't think anybody had any confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo though. And I still don't really have too much confidence. You know, a guy gets out of a, a game and wins with nine passes. But but you know what? That's the beauty of it because, hey, look, they couldn't stop the run. Why even mess around with throwing the ball? I mean, the team just couldn't stop the run. Why why even bother? I actually agree with you on that. Right. Sean if, McDermott. If it's working. But it, Sean, right? Sean McDermott, listen to this. Clearly, please listen. I mean, Go if ahead. it's working. What was that movie? Uh, Remember the Titans, right? Denzel Washington. I got six plays. And that's what the 49ers did. They ran six run plays, and they couldn't stop it. They just couldn't stop the runs that they were calling. So why? So I get to eat the clock, get first down, and get points. And I don't have to throw the football? I'll take that all day long. That means I get out of the game quicker, probably less injuries, and I'm ready to go. But they, Tevin Coleman got hurt. Yeah, well, he wasn't the star of the Gath game. <laughs> but, no, he, he certainly wasn't. So now now we have this matchup. And when when you look at it on paper, I don't know how to look at it, right? Normally they say, well, if, if you look at it on paper, you know, one team is better than, well, hold on. Because you got Kansas City that has all these weapons on offense. I hope Shady's going to be able to play. But even if he doesn't, you know, they have all these weapons. You know, Hill and and Watkins. They have Kelsey and, of course, Mahomes. Uh, They have a decent offensive line. Actually, above above decent. They they got a good offensive line. But on the other side of the ball, you look at the defense for the 49ers. 
And those boys are out there, and they are playing. They are playing. And, you know, you look at the front four, loaded. You you look at the linebacker core, loaded. Even though his Quan is down, but still loaded. That secondary, loaded. I don't know. I don't know. That That's a tough one there. So, one, we have to give Steve Spagnola his due in Kansas City. It took about 12 weeks, 10 weeks or so, for his defense and scheme to start clicking for the players. And if you look at their defense, and, and, and I'm trying to be fair about it because the level of competition they really played from week 10 on where their defense started turning the corner, none of their offenses really scare me. And I have to be honest with you, the Titans offense doesn't scare me. Stop Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill can't beat you. So they stopped Derrick Henry, and it, and and they were done. But you still have to play defense, and you got to play the teams in front of you, and their defense has been really, really good. Now, you go into this matchup. You said it earlier. I think the key to the game is the San Francisco 49ers front four. Not only do you have to bring the pressure – but you have to keep Patrick Mahomes in that pocket and have the pocket collapse around him and get to him. If you allow him to get outside to extend the play so his receivers can get open, this guy can be running one way and throw across his body for 65 <laughs> yards on a dime. So you better not allow him to do that because yeah. he'll eat you alive. Because when he, when he creates a play with his feet and allows his receivers to ad-lib, they have so much speed. There was a play, and I think it was against the Titans. I think it was the Titans team in the AFC Championship. That they got him outside the pocket, and he's scrambling to the outside. And he literally just throws the ball to a spot on the sideline. And I'm telling you, it's like Tyreek Hill came out of nowhere for a diving, sliding catch. And then he caught the ball and slid right out of bounds. Mahomes just put it where only Tyreek Hill and his speed can go get it. And he went and got it. It, it, he's special as a quarterback. The receiving core is special with their speed and how they can how they can get open. Dangerous. And, and so I just think that that is that's the battle to watch. And and we talked about this uh, several, off off mic. Is it reminds me a little bit of the Patriots versus the Giants in 07, 08, when the, yeah, yeah. the when the when the the Patriots were undefeated. Nobody gave the Giants a chance. But what the Giants had was Justin Tuck. They had Michael Strahan, uh, OCU Minora, and I apologize on the fourth name because I don't know. I don't remember the fourth guy on that line. But three of those four guys know how to get to a quarterback, and they harassed him all night long. Now, Tom Brady doesn't roll out like Patrick Mahomes and doesn't have that speed and doesn't have some of the wild throws that, that Mahomes can make that makes everybody jealous in the league. But it's similar. And they got to Brady, and Brady only scored 14 points in that Super Bowl. And they were putting up like points at will all season long. And the Giants just stifled them. Steve Spagnuolo's defense. We'll see. I, to me, that's the matchup. If the 49ers can slow them down, they have a chance to win the game. If they can't slow them down, I don't think the 49ers offense 
can run with the Kansas City Chiefs. Because, again, we talked about this. The Kansas City Chiefs can score points quickly. I mean, we so, all saw what happened in that playoff game down 24 nothing to the Texans. In a blink of an eye, it was 28-24. <laughs> okay. And let me tell you, the Chiefs score 28 points in a quarter quite a bit this year. They're, th- that's not new for them. Right? They, they outscored – Seven straight consecutive scoring drives. Yes, and then they started the next game with three. No, I forgot what it was, but it was it was incredible. And you can say, "Well, the Baltimore Ravens did that this year," but the Baltimore Ravens didn't do it in the style in which the Kansas City Chiefs can do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's just they're they're a juggernaut once they get going. And and I said this to a lot of people, and and people may kill me on this statement. I am not a huge Andy Reid crunch moment fan. I'm not a fan of watching him coach in the playoffs. I don't like his time management skills. I don't like the when he throws the red flag, challenge flag. Not a huge Andy Reid guy in the playoffs. But Patrick Mahomes can overcome all the mistakes by his head coach. That's how good Patrick Mahomes is as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I just... If things are clicking, Andy Reid, don't be a fool. Don't all of a sudden say, I got to run the football to E-clock. Let your quarterback put up 60, 70 points that he can. Don't get conservative in the second half just if you have a big lead. Go for it. Rip the heart out of San Francisco. Again, you, this is this is, this is is for you, Sean McDermott. You got to rip it out. Because we all seen it. You let a team hang around, it's going to come back to bite you. It's going to come back and bite you. Knock them out all the way through. If they can't stop you in the first and second quarters, why would you change your game plan? Let me run the ball to eat some clock. If I score points, it doesn't matter. They can't catch up. I score a touchdown. I kick the ball off. Okay, I give a touchdown. I get the ball back. You know what? I'm going to go down the field and score another touchdown. Because... Their defense shows they can't stop me anyway. That's what I liked about the 49ers game plan against the Packers. And we're joking that Garoppolo beat them with eight passes. But they couldn't stop the run. Why would I change it? To throw the ball to maybe throw an interception when my running game is averaging me, what, seven yards per carry? Silly to change it up. So, so you know, I'm just looking – I'm looking at the injury report as far as the reported injuries. Um, it looks like LaShawn McCoy is, is good to go. He's going to be playing. It looks like Coleman is, even though he's got that shoulder, looks like he's good to go and he's going to play. I don't play with Shady McCoy. I use him as a backup. And here's what – this is my problem with Shady. I don't trust him holding on to the football because I don't like the way he holds it. Well, I hear you. He holds it like a loaf of bread. Yeah, but he but he's always done that, and he really never has had a fumbling problem. He's had it this year. He had okay. it this year, big time with Kansas City. Okay, I know. Uh, it, but but I know Williams with Buffalo, everybody was just like, "What are you doing?" And you know, he he seemed to hold up pretty well with that. Well, he he literally cost the Chiefs one game, one game uh, on the on the docket with the, his fumbles, but. Williams, number 26 for the Chiefs, that guy's a touchdown machine. I just think they've gotten this far with what they have and don't mess with the with the 
with the success. Right? The mojo is there. Don't mess with it. And I, I would ride Williams all the way. If Williams is not getting it done in the game, okay, then spell him a little bit with Shady. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess what's really. That recipe is working really well with Andy Reid right now with Williams as the as the lead back and getting yeah, most it, of the touches. Yeah, he's the, he's their number one back. Yep. So, and he's taking about 30, 30, 33 snaps per you know in a per game. So you know, you know he'll he'll be solid. I mean, you know, just looking at the the receiving core, uh, of course you're going to have Hill, you have Hardman, and you have Watkins. That's speed all over the place. That is speed all over the place, man. Um, and then of course Kelsey. It, it, a, go ahead. Well, I think you were going to continue on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I was going to move back to the Forty Nine ers here for a second because we have a uh, a listener, Rob, over in the UK, and he's a big Forty Nine er fan, and you know he's on cloud right cloud nine right now. With, with his 49ers and and I want to make sure that we give love to the 49ers here not just with their defense and and what the point I wanted to make that I did get out a few minutes earlier about Garoppolo is is yeah does Garoppolo scare you like a Patrick Holmes no way and there was a game oh boy I'm trying to remember he looked awful at one stretch and it went into overtime Oh, yeah, that wasn't too long ago. Yeah, and he was getting killed by the announcers. Like, he looks clueless out there. But you know what? The Italian stallion. My boy, Jimmy Garoppolo, the Italian stallion, doing us fine. Us Italians, he does as well. And But you know what? When When it came down to it, he got composed in a blink of an eye and was like, bang, 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 bang. Boom, he's right down there in field goal range. And so... You know, if you let the 49ers hang around and you and Jimmy hold, G has hold, a hold on, hold on one second, Stevie D. You know I'm over here dying with a cold. Right. The only reason why we're doing this podcast is to talk about Kobe and to talk about this game. I can barely hang on. Right. And you want to bust out with Jimmy G, the Italian stallion. Come on, baby. I almost my, fell off the chair. My paisan. My Paisan doing us proud. We don't have too many Italians as quarterbacks, so we, we embrace the Jimmy G. And besides, you know who he hangs around with. Yeah, he hangs oh, out with yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's how we roll, baby. That's how we roll. But, you know, seriously, if, if you let him hang around, if you let him hang around, you just never know what he may pull off that miracle at the end. Yeah, it would definitely be a miracle. No, no. I, I think the game is going to be good. I, I, I think, think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. And you can almost say, when you think of the oh – God, you're going to kill me on this one. Oh, this is not going to be good. So just let me get it out there. It's going to remind you of Super Bowl twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to remind you of Super Bowl twenty five, right? No, Run no. the football, control the clock. Keep the Chiefs on the sidelines as much as possible, uh, right? Because that the K gun and the Buffalo Bill offense. I mean, you you didn't think it was going to be a football game, but Otis Anderson, you know, controlled the clock, kept you guys on the sideline, you know, and, and it came down to to the kick, and and your kicker missed it, and stupid Giants won the football game. So. I just, I just said I'm dying over here. Yeah, well, and now you're just sticking that knife in deeper. 
I'm Italian, baby. That's how we roll. You see, you, I'm your boy. I'm oh, your boy. I remember our last podcast. You gave it to me pretty good. So yeah, but you weren't sick and dying like I am. Yeah, well, this is true. This is true. My bad. You're kicking a man when he's down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I put you. I put you six feet under. I'm just throwing the dirt right on top of you. And you yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. Sorry about that. But these two just, teams, they they met last year. I know that there's been changes. Well, right? There was no Jimmy G, and the defense for the 49ers is totally different. When they met last year, it was a relatively close game. It really was. The Chiefs did end up winning. Uh, they won 38-27. But, you know, what a year makes, right? Like you said, Garoppolo's back in there. They have Emmanuel Sanders in there, which is who is a huge weapon. Great, great trade by John Lynch. Great trade. Emmanuel Sanders, <clears throat> is he was he the biggest name? On the block? No. I mean, you had A.J. Green that people were trying to, you know, pry away from Cincinnati. And you had other big names that were out there that could have been traded for. And he went and he got Emmanuel Sanders. And I think that that, that trade paid huge dividends for the 49ers offense. Yes, they're a running team, but when they need to throw it, he's reliable. He's got the breakaway speed if he needs it, but he's always going to make those catches on the sidelines. Great pick. That was such a great pickup. I mean, when you I mean you think of John Lynch, like people were in the industry were really questioning Jed York in that pick, right? To run the team. John Lynch, what experience does he have running running and doing a front office? It was not very pretty when they first signed him on the B to GM. But you know, you fast forward what three years? He's got his team in the Super Bowl. And it wasn't built off of just free agent signs. It wasn't. Right? No. He built a good core from the ground up. He got the he got a really good coaching staff all the way around in there to mentor and bring these kids along. You sprinkle in a trade for D Ford, Emmanuel Sanders, right? And, and it's like all of a sudden you're just like Richard Sherman, second year with the 49ers. But they, just, think about think about how they how they put together that that team. They did it with the defensive line, and they did it with the offensive line. That that's how they built that team. Now, yes, <clears throat> to your point, yes, you bring in a Richard Sherman, and you bring in some other uh, some other folks. Yeah, I I'm with you on that. But when when you really take a look at it, they built it from from the trenches. Right, because that, the, that's the way they did it in Tampa Bay. Right, but when you but he didn't do that by going out and overspending on free agents and try to build it that way, right? He built from from the draft and 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 built that front up, and then to me, that's what makes a great club is that you build it with your young players, you build it through the draft, and then you sprinkle in free agent here and there as a complement. To the young players, bringing in yeah. the right the right trades and the right free agents, Richard Sherman, D. Ford, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders trade this year was you hit it right on the head. I mean, all the guys that are out there, he went and got the right guy 
for the right system that they were running in there in Emmanuel Sanders. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan had some input into with John Lynch saying, Hey, if we get this guy, you know, it, it could really change us. And, uh, you know, John Lynch is as an executive, uh, obviously I think he's going to win executive of the year out there in, in San Francisco. Uh, and, and it's well-deserved and w- win or lose the Super Bowl, right? He's got a good young core going forward to to have sustainability. And, and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So with all that being said, Stevie D, we, we've talked pros, cons on each side. This isn't really our fantastic finishes. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to have to call it early. So living in Kansas City, it's oh, going to be man. hard for me to go against Kansas City. Right. Um, obviously Sean, uh, we love Sean. Um, and I I don't know if this doesn't sound good. Yeah. I can't believe it's coming out of my mouth, but, um, um, I, I just, for Kansas city, I think it just means a lot for the Kansas city fan base here. Um, and although I think it's going to be a good game, um, I, I, I'm going to take the Kansas city chiefs. Oh, oh, I thought you were headed somewhere. I thought you were going down a different path. Well, I, you know, I, the I, Italian I, stallion is where I thought well, you were headed. That was well, like, I know. Well, and it pains me to go against the Philip Um I just don't know. It's like, if this, then that. If the 49ers front four does their job, I think the 49ers can win. If the front four cannot contain Patrick Mahomes, I, I think the weapons that the Kansas City Chiefs have in that that team speed, it's going to be too much for the 49ers to to keep up with, scheme or no scheme. Because I look at it's like I look at street basketball or street basketball rules. If you allow the quarterback to break containment to the outside, it's street rules that happen because it's almost like you're in playing on the playground where the quarterback puts out the palm of his hand. He says, okay, Vince, you're going to do a streak. Steve, you're going to do a post. You, well, you don't really catch the ball really well, so you just do kind of run any way you want because you're really not going to get the football, right? So you set up your team, ready, break, and you and you go out the line. Then all of a sudden, the rush happens, and you start scrambling behind the line, and it, it just rules, right? There's no real pass interference or anything like that, and you're just hoping somebody cut, cut the cross. You're waving your arm in the air, cut across. Wait, you're waving to bring the guy back to you because the streak, I can't throw it, Vince. I can't throw it 85 yards downfield. You got to come back. I'm old. I can get maybe 15 yards downfield, right? And so um, I just think that's how the Kansas City Chiefs can really beat the 49ers is, is if they can get outside and break that rush, create more time for the receivers to break loose. And, and, and I think that's going to be a, a big weapon for the Kansas City Chiefs this week. If the 49ers can contain, they got their shot. If they can't, the 49ers offense can't 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 roll with Kansas City. So, but so, I'm going to be a homer here. I'm just going to be a homer. I'm I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs and JB and JB. Yeah. We're going to end the year with no money changing hands because I won the first round of the bet and looks like we <laughs> win the second round. Lucky dog. So, I thought I was had a, I thought I was having a hundred bucks. What? Oh, we 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 don't do that on the show. 
We 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 don't promote Monopoly money. Monopoly. Oh, money. oh, okay. Monopoly. Okay. Monopoly. So when I take a look at this game, CBD, um, I think that there's going to be two things that, well, really three that come into play, right? Um, one is going to be the big game moment for Kyle Shanahan and for Andy Reid. You talked about Andy earlier. It's what adjustments can Andy make in the second half is what's going to be the key for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kyle Shanahan, have you really gotten over the just the choke job when you were the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons? Now, you've done everything right to this point. But now you're back in the big game. And so now you're back on that stage. What do you do? So I'm I'm very curious as to see how the coaches are going to perform. As far as with the Chiefs, I don't see the Chiefs doing a lot on the ground. It's all going to be in the air. And I don't see anything intermediate in the air for, for the Chiefs. It's going to be long which means that you're going to have Tariq Hill and the 49ers are going to probably roll coverage to double them. But when you do that, that means that Hardman and Watkins have to step up. Both have had problems holding on to the ball when Mahomes has thrown it their way. The other thing that I see from the passing game for the Chiefs is to leverage the outside meaning stay away from that front four in the middle. And if you can get a lot of screens, which Andy Reid is a good screen screen coach, and if you can get like bubble screens and jet sweeps and things of that sort to kind of get them out of the outside and moving, I think that will help the Chiefs uh, get down that field. Notice I haven't said anything about Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is kind of like – you, you expect he's going to have, you know, a, a six or seven catch day for, you know, 65 to, to 70 yards. I expect that to come out of Kelsey. But what's going to be the difference maker? And ultimately, it's, I believe, it's how the Chiefs are going to call that offensive game. Now, I am not sold on the Chiefs defense at all, um, especially – when you have the you know the two or three headed stable of running backs coming out of San Francisco, I'm not worried about Kittle, not at all. I, I think the the Chiefs can slow Kittle down. Sanders Sanders will do something out there, but I don't see Garoppolo being that type of guy that's going to be able to uh, consistently uh, make make the passes when he needs to. So at the end of the day. I do see the Chiefs winning this game. I do see Andy Reid, um, you know, doing the the things that he missed out when he was in Philly, uh, and making the the correct adjustments throughout the game. And I, at the end of the day, I see the Chiefs winning by at least two touchdowns. I I think they kind of run away with this one, but I don't think it's a choke job for Kyle Shanahan. And I do think Kyle Shanahan will be back in this game. Uh, when it comes to Tampa, because that team is just that good. But this time, when he comes to Tampa, he'll be facing Josh Allen. It won't be Patrick Mahomes.
Oh God! Oh God! I'm gonna puke. <laughs> I'm gonna puke. <laughs> yeah, I had to get that one in there. So you you know what's coming up, Stevie D. And I don't mean to put you put you on the spot, but you know what's coming up. And really, this is this is for our fantastic finishes segment. Oh boy, you really did put me on the spot. I did. It's the vote for the Hall of Fame. Oh God! So I don't want to talk about what the fifty-man class that's going into the Hall of Fame. Exactly. So I I don't want to talk about the current players that have a shot to get in. I want to talk about the coaches that got in already. I think that that is such a joke, such a farce, for those two coaches to go into the Hall of Fame. Well, I have a bigger problem with Jimmy Johnson making it over Bill Cowher. Uh, okay. Because Jimmy Johnson didn't even win 100 games as a coach. I mean, think about that. He didn't even get to 100 wins as a coach. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He he won the two Super Bowls. I give him credit. He walked away, and he did nothing in Miami. I agree. He did nothing in Miami. I mean, there, you can't even say, well, he led him to at least the Super Bowl. He could even get him. I mean, <laughs> maybe he got to an AFC championship game. I don't even remember in Miami. I don't even think he got that far in Miami. It's a joke for Jimmy Johnson to make the Hall of Fame. Bill Cowher went to two Super Bowls, won 149 games. Um, the president's been set for other coaches at that win market to get in. Well, now, shoot, Rich Kotite can make the Hall of Fame now with, with, with Jimmy Johnson making it. But Stop it. Uh, um, I just, I'm okay. I'm, I'm better with Bill Cower than I am with Jimmy Johnson. They really, I don't know what they were looking at. Did he make the Hall of Fame for convincing Jerry Jones to make that trade to the Cowboys? I mean, uh, with the Vikings? Is that how he gets in? He, he has a 623 win percentage. I, I'm sorry. I struggle with Cower because just like when 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 the announcement came, the first thing I told you, the guy had three good years and then he'd have two bad years. And then he'd have three good years and then he'd have three bad years. That that's that's not Hall of Fame worthy. And you only went to the Super Bowl twice. You won it once. It, I, I'm not I'm not feeling it. Let me tell you something. He almost didn't get there. If it wasn't for Ben Roethlisberger making that shoestring tackle. (sighs) Let's not talk about Roethlisberger. He should have been a Buffalo Bill. And nobody, that name's going to be anything in the NFL. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) That came back. That came back to bite me. (laughs) But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm disappointed in that whole. And honestly, I'm disappointed that they chose to do it on air. For Bill Cower, um, I didn't so like the, how they did chips and drabs of who made it. Uh, I thought that was just kind of odd by the NFL. So did they do Jimmy's on air because they did Bill's on air? I don't know. I just know they did Bill's, uh, Bill Cower's uh, on air. Um, I didn't know that they did Jimmy's on air. I didn't yeah, see they, the, the snippets there. Yeah, they did. J- Jimmy almost passed out when they came out. But, yeah, because he's probably saying, ha, 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 I fooled them. I made it to right? the Hall of Fame. <laughs> but, you know, 
I, I don't know. And, you know, again, when we look at – you look at some of the other coaches. I mean, when I look at Cower, Cower, from a, a record perspective, he's right in there with the other coaches that are in the Hall of Fame, right? Um, he's right above Marv Levy from the Bills, Tony Dungy from the Bucks and Colts. Uh, he's right below Joe Gibbs and Bud Grant. I just – but that's total wins and losses. I just – I didn't get the sense that – like, is Bill Cower and Marv Levy, are they equal? No. Mar- Marv created excellence, and it was sustained excellence, right? Tony Dungy created excellence, turned a franchise around and created excellence, and it was sustained excellence. problem that Tony had – is that Tony was kind of stubborn, right, and wouldn't address the offense. That was Tony's problem, or else he would have won multiple Super Bowls here in Tampa. Well, you know, you we're shortchanging Bill Cowher a little bit here because when he took over for Chuck Knoll, the Steelers were in the toilet. And he moved that franchise, he moved that needle back pretty darn quickly. And who did he do it with? Neil freaking O'Donnell. <laughs> right, stop putting these names out there. <laughs> the former Jet New O'Donnell sets the all-time record for quarterback salary. Oh, please! The New York Jets signing Neil O'Donnell, another great move with Rich Cotite and the New York Jet. Oh my lord! But seriously, though, he did get to Super Bowl pretty quickly, and with Neil O'Donnell, right? And so, uh, when Ben Roethlisberger did come on the scene there. It, he did change the fortunes of the of the organization there. So, um, again, I make a better case for Bill Cower. I really am puzzled by Jimmy Johnson. Sorry, I'm really Just, puzzled by that. Get this with Jimmy Johnson. Guess who's ahead of him in wins? Rich Cotite. Oh, he may be. Hey, let's play, let's play a game. <laughs> okay, over and under. <laughs> over under. Let's play a game. Um, Jimmy Johnson is ranked 62nd on the coaches list. Let's see if you can name. I'll give you a margin. But the block of names of coaches that are above him in wins, but by just a few. So, like, we'll say between 90 uh, in 80, okay. which is where Jimmy Johnson is. Okay. Uh, Bump Phillips. Get, hold, Bump on, Phillips. Hold, hold on. Before we do this, oh. before we do this, when we finish doing this, you're going to be so mad at the NFL for putting Jimmy Johnson in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Your first one, Bum Phillips. Bum He's Phillips. on there. Oh, I did. I got it. All right. Uh, well, obviously, Rich Cotite was a joke. Um, Air Coriel. Don Coriel? No, no. Uh, no, he is not there. Okay. But there's going to be one name. There's going to be one name that you're Are you kidding me? Oh, just get ready. Um, Sam Weish. He is there. 84 uh, wins. Okay. Um, I, I have a funny name, but I know it's not going to be there. Bruce Coslett. Quit naming all these... Jet coaches. <laughs> well, he was more for the Bengals. 
right? Okay. He he was more well known with with the Bengals after Sam Wise. Um, he, he is he is not there though. Yeah, no, because he's probably more like fifty wins. Um. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start giving you some hints in a minute. All right, give me some hints here for the for the viewers' sake. Okay, so we'll start with uh, he used to be a coordinator and head coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is now coaching in college. Uh, used to be the head coach head coach of the Bucks. His first name, his first name is synonymous with February fourteenth. He used to coach the Bucks. Not Ray Perkins. What does Ray have to do with Valentine's Day? I have no idea. Lovey Smith. Oh, Lovey! Oh, with the Bears, yes, Lovey Smith. Okay. Lovey Smith is ahead of Jimmy Johnson. Just putting this out there. Okay. Let's do another. He was the AFC. He was the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills during their run. And then Ted Marchabrota. There you go. Uh, he just got fired this year from the Dallas Cowboys. Jason Garrett. Yeah, he's ahead of Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, but his win percentage is what, 50 50? <laughs> well, it's close, it's close to Jimmy Johnson. Is it really? Jimmy Johnson is a 556. Jason Garrett is a 559. Wow. Yeah, this is, this is where you I told you to get mad. All right, hold on. We got a couple more. Uh, you mentioned White. Uh, he was the former quarterback, uh, and then he coached. The Denver Broncos. Gary Kubiak. That is correct. Okay, let's see. Who else do we have that's just going to make... Well, there's, there's one. Oh, I'm, yeah, Jason I'm, I can't get past Jason Garrett right now. All right, now, we got one. He... he I, thought, I thought he was a good coach in Baltimore. Uh, Fossil? No, not no. Fossil, uh, Brian Billick. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought he. Yeah, he he died pretty quick, and he he never nobody offered him another coaching job. They didn't, and and I I thought he did a, a very good job there. All right, now now we get to the last one. <laughs> Dennis Green. No, no, no. All right, this guy. Used to be on Jimmy Johnson's staff. Don't even tell me Dave Weinstein. Yeah. No, 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 no. The worst head coach of all. I thought Rich Kotite was bad. Well, Rich Kotite was bad. But Dave Weinstein is a close second. Really? <laughs> yep. I was going to say, I was thinking North Turner, but I said, you know, North Turner is a pretty bad coach. He didn't win a lot of games, North Turner. Yep. Wow. Now, Dave Weinstead had as close as many wins as Jimmy Johnson. He's got more. He's, he's got, got more. He's got eighty-two. Oh, but his record had to be on the five hundred. Oh yeah, yeah, it was four eighty-five. Oh my god! What in the world are we doing to the Hall of Fame? So you know, you just look at that now. 
who is Jimmy over, right? Who I, you know, people that you would consider decent coaches. You got the likes of like a Ron Rivera. Forrest Gregg was a decent coach, just, you know, a tough situation in Cincinnati. John Robinson with the Rams. Not a fan of him. Steve Mariucci. Hey, Paisan. Trying to think who else is on there. Uh, well, we're at the bottom of the barrel anyways. Oh, there's Dick Geron. Skeletor himself, Dick Geron. So <clears throat> you look at this list and you say, really, you're a Hall of Fame? Because you won back-to-back Super Bowls and you got lucky that my bills were in such a malaise coming off of the first two. You got lucky. <laughs> and that's where you came in. And then he walked away. And, he walked, and then he comes and he goes in and coaches Miami. And yeah, we, we see what kind of talent you really are as a yeah. coach. I don't see how this guy gets in. Yeah, I'm puzzled. I really don't. I don't see how this guy gets in. He's not a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, you look at the guys that that really are the best in breed, right? And of course, you got to give it to Belichick and, ha- and George Hallis and Shula and Landry. I mean, these guys six seventy, six eighty winning percentages. I mean, guys that have put in time twenty years. Tw- you know, <laughs> this guy's put in ten years. Are you kidding me? I mean, I you'd have to give it to Bill Cower. I mean, at least he put in fifteen years. I don't know. They just, just, just. I I think the Hall of Fame is is really doing itself a disservice. Um, you know, starting with the coaches who were the ones that they they wanted to announce publicly, uh, and early, but then all of a sudden you had the class of just let everybody in, right? But right. If I can take a second, yeah, I'd like to welcome and congratulate the family of the late great Winston Hill, former New York Jet, left tackle, making to the Hall of Fame. Excellent left tackle, should have been in the Hall of Fame a lot earlier. So in a way, I'm kind of glad of this class. The only reason why, because he got a chance to get in the Hall of Fame. So congratulations, Mr. Hill, who's no longer with us, but to his family. Um, congratulations on your husband and your father and your uncle and uh, Winston Hill. So great job there. And I know Joe Namath is going to be excited because Joe Namath has lobbied for a long time to get Winston Hill into the Hall of Fame. So I'm sure Mr. Namath is quite uh, ecstatic that uh, that, he, that he made it. So. Are you going to Canton for the enshrinement? Uh, that's a negative ghost rider. I'm not even it, going up to Canton to go see Jeter up in uh, can, 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 uh, up in Cooperstown. Oh. Well, I, I wouldn't go. He, he wasn't uh, unanimous vote. Uh, <laughs> I mean, why? Why waste your time with that? You know, you know it's, it's funny since we're on the spirit of the Hall of Fame. You know, do I think it's a big deal that he's one to vote shy? I think it's an embarrassment that Somebody doesn't think he's a Hall of Famer. Have they outed them yet? No. Um, and um, and th- th- they don't have to. The rule is the guy would have to come forward or a girl would have to come forward. What I'll say is, and we've talked so about wait, this a hold, million hold times. Hold on. Hold on. I, so you can vote and you can re- remain anonymous? Yes. That's the Hall of Fame. They, they ruled on that, on that proposed rule, rule change. 
and they voted to keep it anonymous. And so this person decided to keep Jeter off of their ballot and still has not come out to say why he left Jeter off the ballot? That's right, and he, and he's protected. And, he doesn't and so he's being a little punk. Yep. Or she's being a little punk. Yep. That person up in Boston. But, you know, it's... <laughs> What 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 I'll what I'll say is, he got three ninety six to three ninety seven. Yes, how you can think he, that he wasn't a Hall of Famer, but can I cry about it? Ken Griffey Jr. Well, uh, same same thing, right? Tom Seaver, Johnny Bench, uh, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Yogi Berra. Yo, it took Yogi Berra two tries to get in, right? So it just goes to show you, Mickey Mantle only got eighty eight percent. Right. So it just goes to show you that at the end of the day, the sports writers have never, except for one time, gotten it correct 100%. It's disappointing that one person left Jeter off, but at the end of the day, Mariano Rivera can joke all the way and, and say, well, I guess you're just not as good as me. Right. Because <laughs> you fell one, one vote shy. So that's a little funny. But I thought it was a cool thing. I don't know if you heard this about the Hall of Fame. They're putting Jeter next to Rivera in the Hall of Fame, so their plaques will be next to each other. Oh, really? No, I yeah. didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they told Jeter uh, when he was uh, when they flew him into New York to the MLB studios, and he was doing the presser with Larry Walker. The uh, Hall of Fame announced that to him, and he thought that was pretty cool, which I think is. So Stevie, D, so Stevie D, we we have changed the format of official word sports to where we have been. Very centric on the NFL. Yeah. And the NFL goes year round now, right? Because yeah. as soon as soon as the Super Bowl is done, we're starting to look at free agents and we're looking at the draft. But we're gonna have to resurrect uh some talk about baseball. Uh moreover, and we won't get into it now, we need to talk about in depth about the cheating scandal the penalties, and if there's more penalties to come. Yeah, I, I think that conversation is when they decide with Alex Cora and what the penalties to the Red Sox are going to be, and then we can really hammer it. Um, and because I, I got a lot of feelings on it, uh, being a real, you know, being a baseball guy, and uh, and I want to wait until the everything comes out on the Red Sox. Definitely, definitely. But Stevie D, you know, as I said, you know, I said Bernard King. I, I actually misspoke and meant to say Willis Reed. That was like Willis Reed coming out sick, but I still had to do the show because I, I wanted to get out my feelings about Kobe and what Kobe meant, not only to me, but, you know, to generations, uh, old and young, uh, the outpouring of love he received by uh, everyone. Um, you know, they talk about, you know, the folks in, in L.A., uh, how he's kind of like the mayor of L.A. He's the king of L.A. Uh, and will always be, or at least for a while. LeBron has no shot. Don't, don't even try LeBron. <laughs> just, just be thankful that, that you're in the, in the same aura as Magic and, and Kobe there. But, uh, you know, it, it was sad. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, He's left us with some things um, and some of his quotes. And, you know, for our listeners, if you go out there and you, you listen to some of those, take some of those to heart. The lesson I cherish the most 
It's how important it is to love what you do. If you love what you do and it's making you happy, all the hard work and perseverance will pay off. I once had a guidance counselor tell me that I shouldn't play basketball, uh, that it would never amount to anything for me. His negativity towards me made me stronger. You can't stop people from trying to limit your dreams, but you can stop it from becoming a reality. Your dreams are up to you. I encourage you to always be curious, always seek out things you love, and always work hard once you find it. So with that, I'll let you carry on with your evening. Please know I'm thinking of you, supporting you, and encouraging you always. Um, you know, just it's good inspirational, you know, just mindset, way of way of thinking. So uh, it's, a, it's a good thing there. And then, you know, we got our picks in for the Super Bowl. We both have the Chiefs. I, I have them as a double-digit winner. I don't think it's going to be that close. Um, and you also have the Chiefs. I think you only took the Chiefs that you could go into work the next day. Oh, that's yeah, why that's I think right. you took the Chiefs. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, Stevie D, we picked up a new listener, uh, Angela. So she uh, listens to the podcast. So I give her a shout-out. Welcome aboard. Uh, and you know, share share to to our listeners, share the podcast uh, with friends and family, and let us know what you want us to talk about. We're always open to different topics, but definitely, uh, you know, we kind of focus in on the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something there. I didn't want to make you laugh too much, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you can catch us on. on on all of the different uh, platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're on iTunes and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Anchor FM, which is uh, our host. So, And you can tweet us at Real OW Sports and check us out on our website, officialwordsports.com. But, Stevie D, that's going to wrap it up, and we will talk after the Super Bowl. Sounds good to me, my man. So I'm Vince. I'm Steve. We'll talk to you soon. He is the greatest Laker of all time. Five-time champion. The only guard to play with one team for 20 years. You know, I don't quit. I'm mean, I keep pushing and pushing and pushing to see if I can figure this damn thing out. That's who I am. And I'll try my best and I'll keep on, keep on going, man. My brain, it cannot process failure. It will not process failure. I love what I do. And it's as simple as that. I get so much enjoyment from it. Once I made that commitment and said I wanted to be one of the greatest ever, then the game became everything for me. I knew that I was not going to be stopped. So at the age of 18, this was my life. So you can't possibly become better than me because you're not spending the time on it that I do. Even if you want to spend the time on it, you can't. Because you have other things, you have other responsibilities that are taking you away from it. So I already won. It's a lifestyle.
It's a full-time commitment. You make a choice and say, come hella hot water, I'm going to be this. Then you should not be surprised when you are that. When we say, this cannot be accomplished, this cannot be done, then we are shortchanging ourselves. When you try hard enough, dare enough, trust yourself enough, you will always go further. I think everybody's born with creativity, but I believe it's the trust in yourself and the trust in your emotions to, to talk to yourself, so to speak, to become your own psychologist, to let your emotions out on a piece of paper, to not be afraid of anything, not be afraid of what people think, not be afraid of what people may say, and just be yourself.